Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally, voidware prohibited, must be 18 or older to enter, no purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios. I'm the host. And on the show, we talk about how complicated healthcare and the world of healthcare IT can be. I liken it to a 30,000 piece puzzle. It's not a 1,000 or even a 5,000 piece. It's just so complicated. And I like to bring on guests who can share their expertise and hopefully fill in one or two of those additional puzzle pieces. So Liz, thank you for joining me today. Would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself? Would love to. Thank you for having me. I'm Liz Bickley. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Corn Ferry's Healthcare Practice. And I've worked in the healthcare space around the world for the last over 20 years. Okay, so what do you do at Corn? So I work with lots of different health systems, payers, providers, some healthcare IT companies, and we really focus on people and talent. And in today's world, that is sparse. So really looking to help organizations understand the talent they have, the talent they need, how to close those gaps, how to keep great people, how to grow people and make the best of the available workforce that we have. How do you do that? How? It's, it's a secret. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had the magic wand, yeah. but I think it's, we have to become more and more creative. We have to really be thoughtful about looking after the people we have in different ways, creating career pathways, and not career ladders necessarily, but career rock walls that enable us to keep people engaged in different ways and see themselves with organizations for the long term. And then in healthcare, we really have to embrace the availability of technology and AI and all of the new things that are coming to meet the needs of our patients in a different way because we know there are not going to be enough healthcare workers to support the world that we live in and the aging population and all of the other things that we know are impacting the world. So we have to get creative and we have to change the work. I really like the analogy of not you know, a ladder, but a rock wall. As oftentimes, you know, if somebody's bouldering, they're going to the side or up or down and it's not a clear path. And there's many ways to get to where you're trying to go. There really are. I I say to my children and, you know, they're getting close to, to being in the working world, but I like to think probably the jobs they'll do don't even exist today. Oh yeah. I've talked to so many guests who their job, when I say 
you know, are you doing what you thought you would be doing as a kid? You know, and a lot of them say, this job didn't exist. I couldn't even imagine it. Are you in a similar situation? I think that I have had lots of different jobs and and people always say, oh, why do you still do kind of the same thing? But I would say I learn something new every day and I get to experience the world in all sorts of different ways and I'm challenged every day. For as long as that's the case, then I'll keep doing what I do. Good. I think we are here to talk today about a particular partnership you all have. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so Corn Ferry is really invested in supporting women in leadership. And we've published a number of different white papers and articles. A number of years ago, we partnered with the Rockefeller Institute to really focus on women in the C-suite in Fortune 100 companies. But we then really, in our healthcare practice, wanted to take that to the next level to think about women in healthcare and women in leadership at the C-suite, but also further down within the organization. And we had the opportunity to partner with AMWA, the American Medical Women's Association, who do incredible work with women who are moving into the healthcare industry, right from being medical students up to practicing faculty and beyond. And it felt like a really natural partnership where we could just bring our people knowledge, uh, both inside and outside of the industry, and support Amwar with a lot of their mission and vision to really support their members with action and insight. I feel like you just said a very important word, which was action. I feel like a lot of the conversation we have had has been around identifying statistics and identifying trends, but how do we change them and how do we affect them and what do we do with that information? So wonderful to have more information, but do you have answers on how do we affect change? Yeah, I think that that action is the key to that. I agree. I think we've done a lot of talking. Now is the time for action and to hold people accountable. I think that a lot of people want to see the change and want to be the change. But that requires action on all and it requires accountability and drive because it's not easy. No, not at all. And how does somebody like... So with the information and reports that you and findings and white papers that you guys are creating, and are you helping to, well help other organizations change their decisions that they make? Like, And do you have any examples of that? Yeah, so in the white paper, you will hear a lot of the history and of course, setting the scene and, and still a lot of education because I think sometimes people still don't comprehend the challenges that women face, particularly in the healthcare setting. So our follow-on work is really focused around actions and it's actions for four key areas and organizations that we believe can drive impact, whether that be the health systems themselves, whether that be the academic institutions, whether that be the clinician themselves, and then associations and what is the role that they have to play. And we've really focused across those four bodies on what are what are some of the things that we can do today that could drive the needle. For example, if women are in an academic healthcare setting and they don't stay on track with research and papers and publishing, that prevents their progression. So women who are looking to be able to have a family or um, need to take time to care for parents or whatever their situation might be, often miss out on that career progression or they sacrifice other things to stay in the workplace and stay on that track. 
And that really manifests in, in lots of different ways. But one example is that women in healthcare, one in four women in healthcare have fertility challenges. And that is double the national average. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And a lot of that is, is what we talked about. It's women who, who want to do both. But if they know they step away from that career track, they're going to set themselves back. So they're waiting longer. And we live in a world as well now where used to be more common in Europe where I'm from. But in the US, we're seeing more people take a gap year after school. So by the time some of these clinicians have started residency, etc., they're, they're older again. So we really see that impact directly in that space. That's pretty incredible. There, is there more conversation around freezing eggs? And I've been really interested. We're here at the health conference. There are an awful lot of vendors talking about fertility. I think many of them thinking about for organizations, but I also think it's a big topic for women in the workplace and, and how do we think differently. I actually don't think the answer is freezing eggs. I think the answer is we change the structure that prevents women right or causes women to think they have to wait to make those decisions and be able to, to create, start a family at the same time as being successful. Which is no small feat. It's just like, okay, system change. No biggie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not easy. You know, one of the statistics that came out of this, one that I'm reading here, is around physicians and suicide. Can we talk about that? Is there, is it specific to women physicians? So there is definitely an increase across both genders but particularly for women. And we really saw that manifest during the pandemic. There are a couple of reasons, and again, a couple of actions here that, that organizations can take. One of the things that happens when clinicians are applying for their medical license in different states is that there are questions around, have you ever sought mental health services? So physicians are nervous about seeking that treatment. They are concerned about that, how, how that might impact their ability to remain licensed and they don't seek help. And we saw that happen. There was a very public situation with a clinician in New York who committed suicide during the pandemic, who had not sought help and she knew she needed it, but she was afraid that she would have to declare that on her licensing and it could impact her career and, and her ability to provide. I mean, thinking about systems change in general, that seems like a topic that just seems so obvious that we should be providing mental health uh, services and a place for physicians and healthcare workers in general who they face traumatic events on a daily basis and are just expected to carry it. And that's a lot to ask of anybody. I can't imagine it not building up and having some sort of impact. Yeah, Amwar have a, a talk about a, a new approach that they're taking around people first, heroes second, because I think we heard this language a lot and, and healthcare workers were the heroes of the pandemic, undoubtedly, but that doesn't mean they're indestructible and we have to support and we, and this is, this is ongoing. This doesn't mean just because things seem better that everybody is okay. We really have to think about how we provide care and how we do that in an environment that doesn't make people feel like they are could put themselves at risk or be vulnerable. And do you anticipate or see any hints that things might change? Yeah, so the family of the lady who I mentioned is doing a lot of work to really change, for example, that situation around licensing and people needing to declare that. We've seen some changes with some states. 
but we want to see more of that. And is that a state-by-state state thing too? It is. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the challenge is really uphill. Is there any state that is like ideal or leading the way? There are, but there's a long way to go. Yeah, that's a lot. That's kind of heavy. It is. It is, but I also think there is a renewed push for change. And I think there are a lot of incredible women and men who recognize the gaps. I think one of the really sad things is that we've really not moved the needle on women in healthcare and in medicine over the last 30 years. And we've seen other industries make progress, still not as much as they need to, but more than we've been able to achieve. And then sadly, the pandemic has kind of set us back again. So I think that brings back the conversation around now is the time for action and commitment from people and less talk. Well, yeah, I mean, we've got buzzwords, right? You hear physician burnout and like, you know, we've got the nursing shortage and it just goes on and on and on. But like, what can we, what are we actually doing and how are the results? I mean, there's just so much work to be done. There is, there Mm -hmm. is. And it's still, I, you know, the people who choose to have careers in this space are are truly special individuals. They deserve to be supported differently. We have got incredible untapped talent and we have to bring that to the surface. But it is a lot and it's a lot of change and we need a lot of people to drive. And if it's it's change that we're looking for on a, you know, massive scale, but what about scaling back as individuals? Is there something that individual physicians could or should be doing to support? Yeah, I think supporting each other. We see much more advocacy across groups. And again, women are particularly good at that challenging the norm, really pushing with your leaders to say, you know, here's what I want to do and here's why. And no, just putting on me on another committee isn't feeding my uh, passion to be a, a future leader. You know, I want to see those opportunities. I want to understand where I need to invest in myself, in my development. So I think much more self-advocating and that's hard and women tend to not be as confident around that. But pushing the needle and again, this is where kind of structure has to change. We know that if a woman looks at a job description and it says 20 things that if they can only do 10, they're not going to apply. Right. And the same applies here. I think we have to push the norms a little bit and we have to be confident enough to stand up. But we need both up and down the ladder, those who've been there before us to pay it forward and to help. One conversation that's come up in these rooms over the last few days has like, if you have been given a seat at the table, do not miss the opportunity to use your voice. So it's one thing to like, okay, have the seat and be invited and have a space be made for you. But leverage that. Yeah, I think that's my pay it forward, pay it backwards. I'm not sure which way I mean it, but I couldn't agree more. And I think that it worries me a little bit, bit. Sometimes I see people who've managed to get that seat at the table and they've had to do that by behaving in certain ways and doing it differently. I hope that over time that we can drive that and people can be their authentic selves and then create the space that enables others and be the change. Well, considering that there are plenty of challenges and opportunities that we've been talking about, but what gives you hope? I think when I look at the conference we're at, at the minute, there are incredible women here doing amazing work 
often with minimal resources. I've been really excited to see some of the startup organizations that are looking to solve for some of those unique challenges that exist in our healthcare space and recognizing that the kind of health system alone cannot solve for the world that we live in and the future that we know is coming. I am excited about the potential for the future. We know it's going to be hard work, but none of us are afraid of hard work. And I think we can really move the needle. Well, Liz, if somebody wanted to access this information that you all have worked so hard to to gather, where would they find it? Yeah, please go to either the Corn Ferry Institute website or AMWA's website. Uh, you will see links to the documents there and, and some of the future materials that I mentioned that are coming. And if somebody would like to connect with you or follow you, how would you direct them? Yeah, please reach out. I'm available on LinkedIn and Twitter um, and through the Corn Ferry website as well. Fantastic. Thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and hear about your journey and everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I am truly grateful for you and I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave us a rating or review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All those things help us podcasters out so much. I'm the show's host, Joy Rios, and I'll see you next time.